0: Good morning, my name is David and I'm the the pastor, I'm the minister here. Welcome to Putlockery Baptist. Let's open up to Ezekiel chapter 47. If it's one of the Bibles you're grabbing from the back of the seats, I think it will be page 880. Welcome, if you're from Glasgow, Welcome. Welcome, if you're from Edinburgh. (laughs) Thank you, Hino, for your testimony. Thank you. And thank you, guys, for leading us. God's presence is here. Why? We don't need to call God's presence down, um, but we need to come willing to enter into God's presence. So, you get that? We don't need to call God's presence down. Some of our songs may say that. But we know in in reality God is here. But where are we? Where is our heart? Where is our attention? Where is our mind? Um, Have you came prepared to hear from the Lord? Have you came to come and offer worship? Worship is not a spectator sport. You may not have known the songs, it may have been different songs for you. But it's about us coming and bringing something that's of worth to Him. And we do that by reading Ezekiel chapter 47. And I'll start from verse 1. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me round the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a1,000 cubits and led me and then led me through water that was ankle-deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee-deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to my waist, up to the waist. He measured off another thousand but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. And when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows towards the east region and goes down into the Arabia, where it enters the sea. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Ngedi to Nghilam. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for the food, and their leaves for healing. <laughs> Shall we pray together? Dear Father, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our heart would be acceptable to you. You're a Redeemer, you're a rock. And we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we come to the end of our study of Ezekiel. Ezekiel in nine weeks, no less. And, oh, it's working. Thanks, guys. And and I really don't know how much of this PowerPoint I'm going to keep to, but it's great that we've got something up there. The glory of the Lord revealed. Um, but then we see through Ezekiel, that it was ravaged, and and today we come to this turning point where once again there is hope. And in this uh, vision, this final vision that Ezekiel has, it's a vision of a river flowing from the temple, and this really isn't any old moment in the Old Testament Ezekiel 47 represents the lowest point possibly in the Old Testament. But yet the turning point, certainly the lowest point for Ezekiel. Away by the rivers of Babylon he wept. All hope was lost and yet the Lord gives him a vision of hope. So the story so far is that God delivered his people from uh, slavery, from what nation? Thank you, audience participation, All right? So from Egypt, and who was the, who was the king of Egypt? Pharaoh, just uh, back to Sunday school, and, um, and established a nation. Who were the first people to lead Israel but the judges? And then, because Israel wanted to be like who? all the other nations. God gave them a king, even though he was their king, was always going to be their king, but because he's generous and he kind of plays along with us. And during the time of David eh, and and Solomon, it began to wane. Israel was at its strongest with its power and its influence, but then that eh, decreased and the Assyrians came To the north and decimated the ten tribes. Just before that, a remnant had been encouraged to go down to the south because there was a revival. And so some of the ten tribes were in the south. But as we see it in history, the ten tribes of the north were decimated and taken away forever by Assyria. And there were attacks on the south, and eventually Babylon did destroy the southern kingdoms of Israel, of of Judah, and the finest were taken into captivity to the, and we, as we see Ezekiel by the Chebar River, and that's where he is. And, and Daniel was taken there as well. Jerusalem has been overtaken. Not only that, the temple has been destroyed. And for the uneducated eyes, Yahweh has been defeated. And that is the exile. For two generations, the prophets and the theologians wrestled with what had happened. Why would God allow this to do? Why would God be defeated? Why are we here? Why has everything been destroyed? And they came up with the answer, it's because we deserve that we're under a curse because when God called his people out and took them to the very center of the promised land, between the two mountains, right in the heart of the promised land, he made a covenant with them in the heart, for their heart, I will be your God, you be my God, I will always be true to you, you always be true to me, and God's people says, yes, we're up for that, but very shortly, as we often do, we like sheep have gone astray, turned to our own way, and that's the story of God's people, and that's the story of us, And at the time of this vision, during this prophecy, the nation had been in exile in Jerusalem destroyed for near 25 years. And Ezekiel, who had prepared all his life to become a priest, but that was taken away from him because he was taken into exile, so his whole worldview, his whole life was upside down. He wrestled all his life with could hope be restored. And we find out that the way back is always grace, not work, not graft, but grace of God because renewal is in God's hands, whether it was during Ezekiel's time or whether it is for our nation that so desperately needs a leader. Renewal always comes from the Lord, and we have here a fresh and a powerful vision of what God will do and he sees the temple, and he sees a river coming from the altar in a very specific direction. At the moment of desolation, there is a hope for renewal. Isn't that part of what we heard from Hino's story? At the moment of real desolation, there was hope for renewal. And just before we have here in verses 47, we we've probably get, get seven of the most boring chapters in the whole of scripture. It's a personal opinion, Lord. And where Ezekiel, remember his whole life is that period of time and how worship would would take place was formed around the temple. And he describes in minutia detail what worship would be like once again when God called his people back and restored their heart of stone for a heart of flesh. And it's incredible detail but for us who don't exist in that time it's hard, hard reading, but for Ezekiel there was hope in these visions. There was hope, and it's at that moment we we read about this river flowing. There's a few things. There's three things in all I, I want to look at, and I'm going to f- I'm going to go through them extremely quickly because we want to come around the Lord's table. We want to encourage people to come forward for prayer on this day for women, Mother's Day, but a day for us all to come as we gather to worship, to receive something from the Lord. Oh, Oh. there we go. And the first thing I just want us to notice, and you can keep your Bibles open, you can scan it, I will refer to wee verses here, there, and everywhere, but I'm really going to race through it, is that wherever the water goes, it grows and it deepens. The measurement that's described here isn't that way or that way. It's about depth. God's grace is deep. Where the water flows is deep. You know, it's, it's a thousand cubits, it's ankle deep. It's a thousand cubits, it's knee deep. Another thousand, it's, it's waist deep. And then another thousand, and it's deep enough to swim in. And it's actually a river of grace, a river of the Lord that no one can cross no one can get over it so high you can't get over it so low you can't get under it. It's that sort of imagery. And the river here symbolizes life in God, life in the Holy Spirit. You remember Nicodemus came to Jesus, a great teacher, and he came to Jesus and Jesus says, you must be born again. And it's a phrase that's quite you know, comical even in our days, you must be born again. And that's often thrown at us in, in a you know, teasing way. But it comes from the the mouth of Jesus. You must be born of water and of the Spirit. And so what we have here is a vision of life in the Spirit where a heart of stone is replaced from a heart of flesh and where we are swimming in or wading, not wading, where we are resting and letting go in a river that is a river of life and God is in control and He takes us wherever wherever His will has us to go. Now, you might think that this getting to know Jesus and being a Christian and hearing from the Lord and being born again is, is, is for others and it's not for you. Well, let me just tell you, everyone in here is Jock, Tamsin, and Bairns. No one here has the right to call God Father, but by the grace of God, because of what Jesus has done, we can. Davy Barry can call God Father as Jesus instructed me to do, and as the Spirit compels me to do. So this grace, this renewal, this new life, isn't it just for some people in here? Although there are some remarkable, fantastic people in here, and some nightmares as well. <laughs> it's for everyone. So please, if you listen to this, and, and it's, you know, when you're in and out of consciousness, um, this is for you as it is for me. And if you agree, yeah, it was for me, then all I can really say to you today is go deeper. I've got... Amen. <laughs> That's really it. Go deeper. How many of us can honestly say and raise our hands and say that we know 100% that we are at the center of God's will for our life? that we know unequivocally, we know assuredly, what God wants us to do. Not many of us, because it's a a seeking, and it's a knocking, and it's a searching, and it's a scratching at a time, and it's a wailing, and it's a lamenting, and it's a praising, and it's a life lived in the Spirit. As my school report often said, could do better. shouldn't talk so much, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the truth is, we we all have room for improvement. We can all become more of what the Lord wants us to be. We can all respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, even during our dreams at nighttime. And it's about leaving the shore, and I say this because I'm part of the church, the, sh- the shore of stagnant Christianity. It's about leaving that that is settled and not moving and familiar, that actually is, you don't realize it because you're in it, is stinking, is rotting, is lifeless. It's about leaving that expression of the faith. Christianity is not taught, hmm. it's caught. I thought I had that right. And and so go deeper. Leave that which is the old ways that will get you nowhere and enter this life that's born again. Ezekiel ultimately describes a river of life that is in control and it takes him wherever it will. And he has no power, literally no power over his destination. He is at the mercy of the river. Jesus called this experience this life he calls, that life in all its fullness. I said last week, when I came to faith at the age of 15, I was like, bring it on, Lord. The the world is my oyster. I will die for you. I will do this, I will do that. That is the excitement and the youthfulness, maybe, in spirit, without a doubt, of life in all its fullness. And that is what we are called to. That is what we are called to. So, when you're in deep, have I got all that? Yeah. When you're in deep, you've gone beyond your own ability. Ezekiel was at the mercy of the river. And far too many of us are familiar with the safety of the shore. The person in deep has moved beyond himself or herself and placed himself under the control and the command of God. And this is what following Jesus is all about. By the grace of God. Every day. Getting on your knees. Falling in your bum. And getting back up again and walking. It is. And I've said it a million times. Because I think I live it. Because I'm always falling. And I'm always getting on my knees. And so far I've always got up like many of us here. So, we must come to the place where we realize who is in control. And when you're in deep, you cease to support yourself. Ezekiel wasn't waiting. He was, he was resting. So, he, he, he wasn't waiting, but he was resting in it. Even though he wasn't in control, he'd rested in the river of life. And he gave himself over to the power of the river. and I think this is what God wants from those who call themselves Christians, followers of Christ, little Jesus. He wants us to reach the place where we learn to rest in Him and to allow Him to be God. Let God be God. So we must rest in God and allow Him to conduct our business, let go. And when you're in this deep, you've given yourself up to the will of the river. Ezekiel was going to go where the river took him. And this is how the Lord wants us to be. He wants us to lose sight of our goals, our goals, our ambitions, our dreams. But I know at times God couples us, joins with us with some of our goals, ambitions, and dreams. Why? Because they're in line with His will, His good and perfect will. So, therefore, not all dreams and ambitions and hopes and aspirations are bad. As long as they are in line with what we know, the Word of God and the Spirit of God is leading us 100% surrender. And that's what the Lord wants for us to to do, to give ourselves over 100% to Him. And when you're in this deep, you're just happy to be carried by the river. Imagine Ezekiel soaking wet in the river of life drenched wet, at times gulping in it. Again, in his eyes and soaking every crevice of his body. And he was happy with that. God, in partnering with us, and Jesus who says, you know, join in in my yoke, be yoked with me, wants us to just be enfolded in everything of him. To smell like Jesus even. We often speak about looking like Jesus. To speak like Jesus. To think like Jesus. This is where God wants us to be. So life in all its fullness is not ankle deep. And there are many ankle deep Christians and every now and then, they make a little ripple in the world, and they shout about it. And even those who are up to their waist, they don't fully appreciate or experience the full force of being led by the Spirit of God. They've went in so far, or the roots have went so deep. And that is not what we've been promised, certainly in the vision That Ezekiel has been given. It's only when we throw ourselves to the mercy of the the river and allow the Spirit of God to have the absolute, absolute right in our lives that we can really, truly, absolutely experience firsthand, as Jesus said, life in all its fullness. So, Ezekiel's river flowed deep and with purpose. And I'm going to say two things extremely quickly. What are the effects in the desert? And you can read that at your leisure. But obviously, there's lots of river out there, and when he comes back, he finds out that the river had produced um, fruit. Am I right there? Yeah. So, the desert, which was a place of barrenness, suddenly is no more. So for anyone here who feels that their life experience so far has been such that they have got very little hope for the future, they they don't believe in themselves, they don't believe that God could ever do these things, that is not the vision that Ezekiel has given, and that is not the life in all of its fullness that Christ has promised. For for those who are in Jesus, who are open to the prompting of the Spirit, this verse in Galatians came to me right away. The effect of of the Spirit of God in our lives, the river of life, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law here. It's grace. It's a work of God. So, very quickly, that and there's more to be said on that. Healing, basically. Real healing. And finally it has an effect on death because what Ezekiel describes here is the river flows down to the Dead Sea. Anyone been in the Dead Sea? Don't drink it. (laughs) Very salty. (laughs) ah could bobble about Nothing grows there. I think it's about the only place in the whole world where David Attenborough would not take any TV cruise because nothing grows there. Ain't there a tiny micro thingamajiggies? But there's no trees, there's no grass, it is barren. And yet, Ezekiel describes this scene where the river of God, where the Spirit of God comes into that, even a barren womb, and brings life from it. Comes to the, the, the I it's the lowest place in, in the earth, I could be wrong in that, and, and where nothing flows out of it, and that's why it's stagnant, and the, the Spirit of God comes in, and life teams. And when I was even just reading there. Oh, someone's phone. Oh, no. God bless you. <laughs> She's on call. There's a sick something. When I was reading about the fish, it reminded me of when Jesus called us to be fishers of men, but also commanded his disciples to throw the fish over. And the multitude, the, for the, the nets over and gathering the fish, and the multitude of different types of fish. Now, I know in here there are Romanian, Egyptian, French, American, English, eh, Rhodesian, all sorts of nationalities in here. God is about bringing us home, bringing us back into fellowship with Him. So you may think, no. I really have no hope and I've got something that's in control of of my life that, uh, that sees no fruitfulness and no... I don't believe that's the case for those who call on the name of Christ and are saved. Transformation. I'm going to leave all of that. I believe God heals. I believe God revives. I believe there's a call for this church, for the churches in our nation to be healed and to be revived. Healed from our stupor. Wake up, O church, arise, O sleeper. To call in the name of the Lord, and as we were praying in there, to repent of our sins. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ for healing and revival to come to our nation. Don't believe it will happen in our nation if it does not happen amongst God's people. I'd like us to come to a time around the Lord's table. We're going to sing a song. I've raced through everything. Ezekiel has been a fantastic book to look at. It's been a hard book to look at. And to finish on that note, that vision, that turning point vision of hope. Up you come, guys is, I think, exciting way. Ezekiel did not mention Christ, but he was looking forward to the day of Christ when God would walk among us, have dirt in his fingernails just like us. And Jesus came, I have come to preach good news to the poor. Can Nevin Val, can you come up as I just read this to finish with? Jesus said this, the Spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. A mighty river flowing from the temple of the Lord, a gracious river for all, to wade in, na, 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 to float and to be swept away in trusting that God is for us and not against us and has promised His life in all its fullness. So I say to those of my fellow brothers and sisters who love Jesus, come before the Lord in repentance and in faith. Be filled afresh with the life of the Spirit of God and, and go to where the Lord would have you go. And for those who are still checking all of this out, taste and see that the Lord is good to those who trust him. You don't need to know all this deep theology. In your heart, you just need to say, God, help me to know Jesus. God, show me what I need forgiveness for. And Lord, come and fill me.